KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. everybody welcome in miller and condon here on a wednesday des moines sports station 106.3 kxno trent condon and ken miller with you for the next couple of hours thanks for spending some of that uh, here with us as we talk sports with you the bmw of des moines guest list looks like this bill bender will kick it off uh one last look at the bowl season with our friend bill bender he also covers now the college football for the most part is coming to its end one game left the playoff monday night the champion Monday night. Uh, Bill uh, delves into the NFL, so we'll do that with our friend from the Sporting News at the bottom of the hour. Chris Level, he is the uh, color analyst for men's basketball for Texas Tech. He's the sideline reporter for Texas Tech football. We'll catch up with Chris Level on uh, tonight's Iowa State-Texas Tech game. Uh, tips at 8 o'clock. You can hear the game. If you can't be in front of a TV down uh, the hallway here on 100.3 The Bus, of course, in Story County on KASI, our sister station there. But we'll uh, talk to Chris about the basketball program, about the football team who had a very successful team once they – uh, fired their head coach. Sonny Cumbie comes in, leads them to a bowl victory. Uh, of course, they kind of a crossroads for both Iowa State and Texas Tech with the 62-yard field goal, as we remember that. Uh, so we'll talk to Chris Level about 1045. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to speak with our friend David Kaplan. Uh, Wednesday at 11.05, that's his time slot. He has it again today. Uh, Cappy Trent and I will talk, I'm sure, a lot of bears uh, at 11.05. And then Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Papa John's in Central Iowa, sponsors that. And uh, Mitch will join us about 11.30, Trent's play of the day, which was, for the most part, 3-1. and You can't see that. Uh, well, not perfect, but it's pretty good. 3-1 uh, and one yesterday is circa, uh, sponsored by Circus Sports. That's coming up here at about 10 minutes before 12. So, uh, no Hawks, no clones last night. Kind mm-hmm. of uh, catch up on some of the other sports that were happening. We had a college football game. You know, I want to start there. I don't want to dwell on it. I feel bad. For the for K State and you for feel LSU, bad for them. just because it's kind of I don't know out of sight, out of mind. Would you I, rather have them play December twenty seventh at noon? Yeah, you would. I think so. Yeah, the spotlight to yourself. I know, it just, but it just feels like I don't want to say overkill because I'm the last person that thinks more football. Yeah, this a bad is a idea. baffling take from Ken Miller. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that the game shouldn't be played. It's just everybody's back in school. You're back at work. You're no longer bull season. You don't have that holiday buzz or, or spring in your step. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe I'm alone on this. I, th- I think you're alone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been there before. It was football. It was football, and I didn't watch. It wasn't the whole good lot football. It. No, it, it was basketball good. for tonight. So usually we we pretty much marry up, especially during football season, very well. What we're watching, we're mm-hmm. watching the same kind of things. But now this is the time where. We separate a little bit. Yep. You got your hockey. Yep. I got my basketball. Yep. 
You're not going to watch a random SEC basketball game? No, probably I'm not. not going to watch hockey unless probably the Wilder involved. That's about it. You missed Kale McCarr last night. What a goal. Anyways. And that's where we are. So it was interesting just talking to you because usually, hey, did you watch this? Yeah, I yeah. saw this. Yeah. We saw, yeah, we kind of see the same things. Not the case so much last night from where we were in our viewing <laughs> pleasures uh, last night. No, it, look, I wanted to watch Illinois, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and it was awful. Um, and I got on Michigan and Rutgers and didn't turn the channel. And that I game don't wasn't know why. that good. No, because I kept waiting for Michigan to make a run. Mm-hmm. And I know that, look, Rutgers can be on Iowa's schedule. I hadn't seen them play. I saw Michigan early this year. They're, they looked okay when I saw them. Don't remember who they played. But I know that you've been concerned oh. about this Wolverines team, and um, and they're nowhere near as good as we thought. So I caught on this Rutgers-Michigan rabbit hole and just stayed there till my Jets started against the Oats, and then I sprinkled in a little... Um, uh, of the uh, Texas, is it the Texas Bowl? I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, in Houston, it just felt weird. Just weird. I mean, would Iowa or Iowa State fans have traveled to that game last night? No. See, that's just it, right? And we never got. At least I never saw kind of official numbers for both Iowa and Iowa State in terms of travel. Just just glimpses of the stadium. You know, we normally get that rough estimate uh-huh. at the very least. Yeah, that's a good point. And we talked about that first Orange Bowl for Iowa and the 48,000, what mm-hmm. a big deal that was. Mm-hmm. And the Alma Bowl for Iowa State a couple of years back and upwards of 30,000 down there in San Antonio. Yep. We normally get those estimates. And even you know some Outback Bowls I remember for Iowa, eh, it's about 12,000. Didn't see any rough estimates. We'll have to ask, yeah. you know, next time we talk to one of the B people that were there, if they have a rough estimate. Certainly, you know, the numbers weren't great because we didn't get one of those. That's a good point. For both sides. You but think. you couple it that with that, no, I don't think Iowa and Iowa State fans, the way seasons went for both mm-hmm. of them. And then you're playing on January, what was it? 4th? January 4th, Tuesday night. You're back it's a tough to work. Sell. It's a tough sell. But TV-wise, I'm sure it's I'm sure great that, numbers. Yep, it'll, it will have moved the needle. It will have moved the needle. I, I agree with you. Um, but I think that's, that comes into my take that it just feels out of place. It did feel out of place. That That is the The fan bases really yeah. can't. I mean, who's going on on a Tuesday night to a bar on January the 4th? Your right. first week back. Worst day <laughs> just back finally get back to work. All right, right let's hit it up. Yeah, it's, 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 what was it like last night? The winds, yeah, the wind had started last night. Yes. So we, anyways, well, I when Iowa State didn't play, so it's kind of a conversation that uh, is not going to go anywhere, but it just felt weird. So last night I uh, had six-year-old basketball for Ella. And it was at the oh, new rec- the new Recplex. Oh yeah, the Mid Americans. That was called. Yeah, out in West Des Moines. I hear it's huge. So I was there a couple weeks back. I called a seven on seven event uh, for high school football God, players. Do anything? I will absolutely. You got two kids. I, I tip my cap to you. Got to get the groceries are going I, I up. Totally understand, Trent. Good and so got my first glimpse, and then got to see more of it last night. That place is incredible. Really? It's really really cool. So how many basketball? What do they have? Basketball. Well, there's a hockey rink right when you one walk in. One or two? I thought there was going to be two. Is there one? There's one that I saw. Okay. And there might be more because I saw maybe a third of the building. And was there was there, uh, was there anything going on the yeah, ice? Yeah, there were. Practice? I think it was old man hockey that was happening. And then <laughs> yeah, when we were leaving, week, yeah. I saw the Buccaneers were out there practicing. Or really? Least, yeah. A bunch of people in Buccaneers jerseys. Interesting. At the why, uh, why, why wouldn't they practice in their own building? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Ice time, something like that. Yeah. Something else going on. But yeah, they were over there practicing. So really cool place. The youth basketball that they had set up for six-year-olds, which can be a train wreck, yeah. really, really good. So tip of the ball cap to them out there. My first uh, going in as a parent and watching some basketball. Um, it's on Grant? Yes. But way out on Grant. Yeah. So the basically What's the DMAC 
campus. See, I don't know if I've seen that out there. Oh, yeah. A long time you don't make I, it out that way. No. I lived in West Des Moines when I first came back from Denver. Well, it, it looks a lot different these Yeah, days. I know it does. And, yeah, the new DMAC campus has been there for years now, but out that way. Yeah. Probably the only thing that you would know of, Beach Girls. That's out there. Yeah, right. I <laughs> uh, know. Um, from where the chicken coop was, the, what was that? High V and is it, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, Grand and Mill Civic, are you thinking? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Mill Civic is where the high V is right off the interstate. Probably where no, you're thinking. No, 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 oh, not okay. that one where the where the original chicken coop was. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. You gotta go you got a long ways to go Still to get a there. long way to yeah, go. Yeah, you okay. gotta go back under the interstate coming out of town. Oh, it's on the other side. Yeah, oh, I didn't way, know that. way out there. Holy mackerel. Yeah. That's a uh, area that's being developed mm-hmm. and And that is where Beach Girls is, right? I never yes. I never went there once in my life. Really? Never once. Didn't miss much. Yeah, that's why you're that's what I hear. Um, yeah, anyways, well, glad you went out there to a little yeah. scouting report yes. uh, on that. A um, couple, of, couple of areas I want to go to with, with you today. There, there's a, I don't know if it's, if it's Harbaugh's camp putting this out there to get him a raise at Michigan. We remember he took a significant uh-huh. cut to stay there. And he, you would certainly, and his think, buyout money too, also took it's, a it's, huge it's, hit. Yeah, absolutely. It's for the most part non-existent, right? right? So, or certainly not big enough to. I uh, think I heard uh, Steve Day say that the coach at La Tech had a bigger buyout than Harbaugh did this year. Yeah, holy mackerel. Yeah, um, yeah, interesting. So, I don't know if this is Harbaugh's camp trying to get him a raise, or if there's something to this. Is there legitimate interest on Harbaugh to? You know, go back to the NFL, where he certainly didn't fail right? by by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he's there four years. Trent, three times they were in the NFC Championship game. And got to a Super Bowl. And got to a Super Bowl in one of them, where they fell to Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. In Is the, that the game where the lights the went lights out? The lights went out, yeah. Yes. If the lights didn't go out, he's got a Super Bowl championship. Yes, Some people maybe. still believe that. That's true. That's true. Changed the complexion it of that did. game. It what absolutely a weird, did. weird circumstance that was. It was weird. Um but would you take him? Is that if if Jim Harbaugh's? Is, I'm going back to the NFL. Like he's going to have options. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders apparently, uh, the Bears maybe. I don't know about the Vikings, but they're going to have an opening. You would think the Broncos are going to have an opening. Jacksonville's already got an opening. Bears fan, what do you want? Absolutely, sign me up right now. Where do I sign? Mm-hmm. Put him as my head coach. A guy that knows quarterbacks has developed. Absolutely, that is, I think, a perfect marriage for what the Bears are wanting. A former Bear, a guy that is revered inside the city. Yeah, I think it checks a lot of marks. Uh-huh. And the most important one, he knows quarterbacks. Right. And he knows quarterbacks, and that yep. is the most important thing for yep. the future of the franchise. Give him mm-hmm. to me right now on a platter. I will take Harbaugh. And he'll put his gloves on, and he'll catch passes and warm-ups yes. from, the, from your quarterback. He's a weird duck. He is. He burns hot. And you wonder if this is the time. Because you look at his tenure, he's a guy that just doesn't stay long. And there's a reason for it. Yes, he's at his alma mater, but... Ultimately, if he wants to scratch that itch, and he knows what it means in Chicago to be part of that Bears organization and how revered you are. All right, you got Michigan, your alma mater, to their first ever college football playoff. Finally beat Ohio State. Finally won that Big Ten championship. First time since 2004. I mean, it's Mm. just unthinkable Mm. at Michigan. It took that long. He checks all those marks. Are you going to win a national championship? Probably not. The way the structure of college football, you're probably not going to do that. So. You've accomplished and every single year. You know what's you know what's coming on in in week twelve. Almost as this is probably the summit. I think in reality right. for I think Michigan, you're probably fair. Michigan football in today's structure mm-hmm. of college football. Every now and then you can get there. Yeah, but you're not winning it. 
It's going to be tough. You're not winning it. It's going to be tough. I agree with you. Until Nick Saban retires, who's ruined college football. That's a take for another day. Yeah. His Monday's going to be ruined. That's my take. Oh, wow. He, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a perfect time for him. It makes a lot of sense. The the bloom was off for a while mm-hmm. with Harbaugh. There's but no it, question. But is right back, and this yeah. is still a guy that has accomplished things. Think of what he did at Stanford. Stanford was garbage for decades. Yep before he got there and turned them into a national player. Mm-hmm. Not a good Pac-12 team, a national player on that scene. Absolutely. Helps to have a quarterback. It does. <laughs> and he had that. Yeah, I'll say. But he also got them there. And I agree. I'm not. I'm trying not to minimize. Trent, the, the body of work reeks. If you have a chance to hire this cat, that's mm-hmm. who you want. The Chicago ties, elevated even more so. Yes. I think that makes perfect sense. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, because if the timing, this seems like if there is a time for him to make that move, it's now. The other big story from yesterday, and I want to get your take on it. Um, do you ever talk to Hub Arkish on the radio? No. So I did a lot. Dyer and I had him on. It sounds weird. The turn of the century. Yeah. But that's what it is, right? Two decades ago. It's two decades ago. So I'm, I think I'm okay saying, well, the turn of the century. So around that time period, we had him on a lot. Do you remember ProFootballWeekly.com? Yes. Yeah. That was huge. It was. That was Pro Football Talk before Pro Football Talk. It was. I had a guy from Pro Football Weekly on my show in in Cedar Falls. Um, I'm try- Mike Wilkening's a guy that from from Pro Football Weekly. I had on, and Dyer and I we'd have Hub Arkish one week, Wilkening the next week. Mm-hmm. But Hub Arkish yesterday, I'm sure you've seen it, right? He he will not vote, and this is a this was a take. Um, uh, a hill that he's going to die on, and he put that out there before the season. Regardless of what happens, he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers for for MVP because he is not a good person. This was before the vaccination stuff, the lies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he just wouldn't vote for him because of all the off-season stuff. Trent, if you're a guy in that spot, and I'm anxious to ask Cappy this question too, because I'm sure that and I don't know if they're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you should have your vote taken away. You cannot have a person, and I feel feel the same way about Hall of Fame voters too. If you have an axe to grind, because you were standing in front of Barry Bonds' locker one day and he didn't want to talk to the press, mm-hmm. or um, who's a Kurt Schilling, who's got some opinions out there, right, right. But you don't base it on that. The the MVP and the Hall of Fame are on the body of work on your field of endeavor. That's how I see it. I think Hub Arkish should, and, and people like him because he said, he knows for a fact he's not the only one. Look, if you think that Joe Burrows had a better year and in your heart you feel that, that he's the MVP, then vote him the MVP. Don't do it because you don't like the guy. Don't Hall of Fame. Personal fa- the Baseball Hall of Fame. Isn't there some verbiage in there that says something more than just the best players in the game? And that gives the wiggle room for the voters to... May, I don't know. I don't know. The answer is I don't know. I thought there was something in there that so, also... So it's more than just on the field, is right. what you're saying. There's more to it than just being one of the best players yeah. in baseball. But just because you didn't get an interview with a guy, right. or you, you, know, you, you wanted a quote and he didn't give you that quote, or he didn't give you the time of day. Look, Aaron Rodgers has had an, un- an unbelievable unbelievable year mm-hmm. he had a stinker in week one he's thrown two picks since then two with where would this packers team be without him not right? in the playoffs not in the playoffs jonathan taylor eh, he's a great running back mm-hmm. 
Joe Burrow, what he's done coming back from what he did as quickly as he did, and his team, who was favored, not favored, was picked to finish last in their division, won the division? Okay, I can buy that. Mm-hmm. Who else? Brady. Yeah, every year, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to yeah. put him in the conversation. Yeah, got to put him in the conversation. At the very least, you can go down the Josh Allen rabbit hole. I wouldn't go there. No, but I, I mean, there's it. other names that you yeah. can throw out there. But certainly, this is no doubter this year. This is a no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Easy vote. It is Aaron Rodgers. But if you have a Hall of Fame vote or, or, a, or an MVP vote mm-hmm. and you inspi- do it out of spite just because your personal feelings. That's a problem. That is a problem. You should, a problem. You should have that privilege revoked. I wonder, because I believe that this is different. This is a different conversation than the Hall of Fame because of that caveat that's in there about the Hall of Fame and it not just being about being the best player. There's more to it than just mm-hmm. that. This one is, I'm going to guess, vote for the most valuable player for the 2021 season in the NFL. And right. it's as simple as that. Right. Not... And it's a pretty simple answer. Who right. should win? Not a whole lot of caveats. Not no. a whole lot. Mahomes this is not is... NFL Man of the Year. This is not the Walter no. Payton Award right. we're That's talking different. about here. Yes. Yeah, don't vote for Aaron Rodgers for uh-huh. that because, yes, he is a puke. Right. Fine. Right. If that's your take, go ahead. That's not what this is. I'm with you. Got a problem with this. Mm-hmm. This one, there is a problem. And the NFL was asked this morning for comment. Oh, they were. There was no response from the NFL. They declined mm-hmm. to comment. I'm going to guess this story is not done, though. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it should be. We'll talk more about that with Cappy coming up here at 11.05. Uh, Texas Tech is in town tonight, as we mentioned, and Chris Level is going to join us here in about a half an hour to uh, to help us out with that. So Terrence Shannon is not going to be able to play and not mm-hmm. going to be able to answer the bell again. Uh, he is their leading scorer, hasn't played a lot so far this year, but that's certainly um, a break for Iowa State. This is an important game for the Clones, Trent. This is, uh, there is as we know, this is a really difficult part of their schedule right now. Oklahoma. Next week is a winnable, or this weekend rather, is a winnable basketball game. Baylor just killed them on the boards last night. Absolutely destroyed them. This Baylor team, Baylor, Kansas right now. Baylor? Yeah, I think so too. I watched Kansas last night against Oklahoma State. They played pretty well. Uh, one thing that jumped off when we were talking about this actually before the show, you asked me, how did Yasufu do? And I said, yeah. I didn't see him. And then I looked at the box score, he didn't get off the bench. He didn't play at all. I think he's regretting that decision, or at least even going to Kansas, as stacked as that team is. Yeah. Christian Braun was good. Oh, he always is, yeah. And they made the decision last night, KU, all right, we're going to go, and David McCormick's not playing well. We're going to mm-hmm. put him on the bench. Bill Self's going to go to that weapon, if you will, mm-hmm. that a coach has. And he doesn't have a whole lot. Right. He's got that one. Coming off the bench. He had 17 and 15. He was just a Jesus. monster. I mean, he just, Lightfoot got the start, and... We've seen Lightfoot for uh-huh. what feels like a decade now. Yeah. He's on the Perry Ellis plan. So feels Geo like been Baker, there. same way. Right, yeah. Geo Baker, yeah. I think he was playing in the 90s. He was unbelievable. Last Speaking night. of turn of the century. Yeah. Those kind of guys that just hang around forever. But Bill Self, well, there's a reason he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He pushed the right buttons, and he was a big difference last night for Kansas. I like this Kansas team a lot, too. I do, too. But Baylor, there's just something about mm-hmm. them. Said it a couple weeks ago. This is the best program in college basketball. Hard to argue that point. I mean, they won a championship last year. They're retooled this year. Yes. And they really haven't missed a beat. So uh, we shall see. Coming up, we will uh, talk, first of all, with Bill Benner. Then we're going to get to Chris Level. Look forward to uh, speaking with Chris Level. Getting his take on um, uh, on this Big 12. It seems like it's Baylor and it's Kansas. And then it's the gap. 
But who's next in that gap? That's why this is so important for Iowa State, because I think Texas Tech and Iowa State are both on that same plane. Of course, Texas is as well. When they get their uh, head screwed on straight, they belong in it. But this is a big spot. This is a big spot for Iowa State tonight. It's an 8 o'clock tip. We'll have that one. And then Oklahoma this weekend. You'd love to see them come out with the... Uh, uh, with wins tonight and another win on Saturday as they continue this incredibly difficult period of their schedule. Uh, Jeff is uh, on line two. Let's get to him. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the program. Guys, how are you? Good. Um, I just caught the end of your conversation, so you know, please tell me if I was wrong, but did we throw Cooper Cup in the mix? For no, great question. Yeah, that's a great one. point. Good yep. one. Yes, good okay. one. Yeah. Just real, just real quick, uh, I don't know if you guys can name drop this, but he played at Eastern Washington in high school and college. Um, I just got the stat for you. 140 catches, 1,800 yards, 15 touchdowns. Mm, yeah. And he's doing it with a guy that, yes, you know, Matthew Stafford, I would say, is a, I don't know, a top 10 quarterback. But look, he, he's been doing yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Cooper's been injury prone, not the fastest guy, not the, not mm-hmm. the quickest guy. Okay, he is. And for what he's doing this year, yeah. I, I you know I know we want to give it to quarterbacks, but man, it's, it's pretty hard to argue with Cooper Cup's stats. Can you make him so. the offensive player of the year? <laughs> sure, I mean, sure you could. Right? Why are we so set? Why are we so set, guys? In the Heisman and MVP, it has to be a quarterback. Well, that's because it's you the know, most I important think, position in sports. Yeah. Well, what has Cooper Cup done? Or so are we saying that Matthew Stafford's a more important part than Cooper Cup on that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Quarterback I, I, on every I, team. I, I would. I would dis- I would disagree for that for that instance. What what are, what are his numbers? I don't even know who Matthew Stafford's backup is. Uh, right. If it's not Stafford, where where is numbered? Look, I the Cooper Cup's a great story. You're right. Played at Eastern Washington. He ran a four six or a four seven. Wasn't going to get his opportunity, but he I I, I saw a a piece on him during during the holiday break. I don't remember what day it was. Jeff, you make great points because this guy is a will guy. You got to have will guys uh, on your team, and he's become a skill guy. But he got there as a will guy. And let me say this, Ken, and this is these are great phrases, and I've just I've read this in like different pieces. They compare him to Jerry Rice, not his stats, yeah. but his route running, yeah. his will, what he does, mm-hmm. conditioning wise. I'm sure you guys have heard what Jerry Rice would do in the offseason, right, running those the hill. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what comes in the offseason. It's just. The will. It's hard. Yep. It's refreshing to watch. Jeff, thanks for the call. I always appreciate thanks, your guys. contribution. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup's great. He's had a great He's got to be in the conversation. He's in the conversation. Yeah. Shame on us. That's what that's we missed. Because uh, we want to go to the, the quarterback. It's a quarterback award. It is. Give him the offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I, I think he qualifies. Him or, him or Taylor, one of those two. Give the quarterback the MVP and the offensive player of the year. Go to a different direction. All right, we're going to go in a different direction. We will start with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Catch up with Bill. Get his take on the natty coming up. Are you, are you settled on what you're going to do on Monday night yet? How can you not take points with Alabama? See, I just can't. You just can't. I don't. Nick Saban. I know. Against I know. one of his protégés. That yes. he clubs time in and time mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And Stetson Bennett. You're putting your hard money am. on Look, Stetson I've, I've, Bennett. I've learned my lesson. You saw him against Michigan. Look, the offensive line. I also saw line, him against Alabama. I know. I did, too. I did, too. And he didn't lock. And that's who he's playing. I know, yes. But the right side of Alabama's offensive line, the right guard was a backup because of an injury, and the right tackle, I think it's Owens 79, 
who couldn't get out of his own way. I mm-hmm. mean, he was he was he didn't help his team, but they're both hurt. And Georgia, uh, I just think it's I just think it's Georgia's game. I really do. Well, we shall see. So, and what is it down to two and a half now? I think there's some three still out there. There still but yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. But you're getting heavily juiced at this point if you want mm-hmm. Bama. And if you want that three, you probably want to grab it right now. Uh, N'Kobe Dean for Georgia was a difference maker against Michigan. The offensive line for Georgia. Look, Aiden Hutchinson, I don't even know if he played. I know he did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, It was a great game plan. Ajibo, uh, uh, um, if I'm saying his name, 55. He didn't, he didn't do a thing. No, get it out wide, swing it out. Right. Don't now, let him get a field. He, he's, going, he's going to the NFL. He's got, I mean, he's raw. Yeah. But that defensive front for Georgia, my gosh. Didn't look great against Alabama. No. I'm probably on the wrong side, aren't I? <laughs> it's been the story of my bull year, for crying out loud. 1025, Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. Hour two, looking forward to our buddy David Kaplan. Mitch Holtis is part of it. Uh, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you give Houston any shot of upsetting the Yes. Tri- you do? Oh, absolutely. This is Houston- Mills. Got a dude there. I wonder. Mm-hmm. Didn't think he did when he was drafted, yep. but I wonder if he's one of those guys that slipped through the cracks. He's had a nice year. Yes. There's people that make the case that the second best quarterback in this cl- class. After Mac Jones? After him? Yeah. Rather have Trey Lance or him? Right now, Mills. Yeah. Right now, Mills. Miller and Condon underway Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106 points. Your jeweler for life. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Just past 10.30 on a Wednesday, hour two. David Kaplan from Chicago. Mitch Holters, the voice of the Chiefs, still to come this hour. Chris Level, color analyst for Texas Tech. Right now, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He'll be on press row in Indianapolis for the Natty coming up on Monday night, and he joins us. Bill, uh, good to speak with you, Bill. Happy New Year, Trenton. Ken, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, listen, appreciate it, Bill. So a lot of ground to cover. Go back before we go forward to uh, this coming uh, Monday night. Uh, just your your takeaway overall on the bowl games cancellation. Sadly, was a um, you know big story uh, with with COVID lingering. Um, you know, but gratefully we got in as uh, as many games as we did. Your takeaway. I know you did a winners and losers at SportingNews.com, but uh, overall, what were some of your bigger headlines uh, from this past bowl season? I, you know, it got in the way, but they got through it. Um, it was fun. Bulls are fun. New Year's Day opt-outs, obviously, people are going to have their opinions on that. I personally just leave it at it's the kid's decision. I agree. Matt Corral played, sprained his ankle. Fine. Kenny Pickett didn't play. He's going to make money at the next level. That's fine, too. Yep. But I still enjoyed the Bulls season and uh, the semifinals and everything that comes with that. The evolution of the game. I threw it was a throwaway comment, but Nick Saban ruining college football. It's somewhat in jest, but he's just taking things to another level. And if you take Alabama aside, we would have a little bit more rotation here. We'd have new names in here. We'd have more excitement. But inevitably, it feels like it's Alabama and whoever's best between Clemson and Georgia, Ohio State, and LSU for one year. It just he has thrown everything to a completely different level. Is that a bad thing for college football? Yeah, you got somebody that everybody is chasing, but ultimately for everybody else, the other 129 teams, is this a bad thing? 
Um, yeah. I mean, because Alabama and Georgia are so elite in terms of talent. I mean, we can rewind a little bit to the semifinals, and one of the things that stuck out to me is Georgia has 19 five-star guys, and Michigan has three, and that game played out like a game where Georgia has 19 five-star guys and Michigan has three. Mm -hmm. That's how exactly what it was. And um, even and and I've kind of like touched on this a little bit. I do it a little tentatively, but Ohio State doesn't have the talent to run with Georgia and Alabama right now. Mm. Think about that. I mean, we saw it last year, and maybe nobody wants to admit that, but if they if Ohio State played Georgia, the same thing would have happened. You know, I think you're probably right uh, about that. And you look at the talent, look at the receiver room. I mean, Jamison Williams, Bill, I have to remind you, he left Ohio State because of playing time at the receiver position. Look what he's meant to Nick Saban's offense. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the country. He is. And the, I think he's the most important player on the Alabama side in this championship game because if you go back to the, the first game, he makes the big touchdown catch, and it totally flipped the momentum and everything that came with it. So he's a heck of a football player. And Ohio State, though, I mean, the other end of this, so they don't have him, Olave, or Garrett Wilson, and what happens in the Rose Bowl, Jackson Smith, Jitba, and Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's unbelievable how much talent they have at that position. But their defense still needs work. Smith and Jigba was just incredible. He's a sophomore. He has another year of college football. We saw a year ago, guy like Jamar Chase, well, mm-hmm. he's maybe the MVP, or offensive MVP for the rookie class uh, coming out this year. He didn't play. Neither did the defensive rookie that right. did not play, Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. Is there a chance that he looks at this and says, you know what? They know what I can do. I'm not going to play my final season. Mm-hmm. And are we treading that direction? We saw it, of course, start with Christian McCaffrey and a few other names of bowl games, and now it's commonplace. Could he be the first in something that might be setting up here down the line Guys play a season or two and says, all right, they got my tape. I'll wait for the NFL. I hope not, but, I mean, there's certainly Mm -hmm. something to that, that the two most impactful rookies in the NFL didn't play last year. Uh, Parsons is amazing. Jamar Chase is unstoppable right now. All my Bengals buddies are beyond excited right now. They're talking Super Bowl. Not ridiculous. It's not. So uh, It's really not. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's something to watch. I mean, but it goes down to these incentivizing why they should play college football, why they should play in the bowl games. NIL has helped a little bit, but it didn't make a difference in terms of New Year's Day six bowls. And as the Peach Bowl CEO, Gary Stokin, told me, I mean, Chick-fil-A could hand them a couple thousand dollars, but it's not the same as NFL money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News is our guest. Bill, just this is kind of an aside. Um, I, I came in this morning actually watching the game last night. It just feels out of place. You know, January 1st has come and gone, or those days when January 1st falls uh, on, on, a, on a Sunday, you move it back a day. But you get my point. It just feels like bowl season was over. Kids are uh, School's back, in for the most part, across the entire country. Everybody's back at work. Uh, the holidays are over. The tree's on the, out on the front yard somewhere waiting to be picked up. You get my point. It seemed like LSU and K-State was shoehorned into a date that I don't think it was fair for their fan bases. I mean, who's going to travel for that? Um, does that game need to be moved back into air quote bull season? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at my tree right now. Are you saying that I need to take, <laughs> take it, down? it down? I mean, <laughs> January, I that we should probably take it down, yeah. but, uh, um, yeah, it, it 
it, it was a little bit of an afterthought even you know but one of the interesting things moving into this week is i find interesting is that uh however the schedule panned out the championship game at least is going up against the final regular season of the nfl not the playoff right you know in the past i've been at cfp championship games that were buttoned up against the divisional round and the wild card round and it was tough to drum up interest so with most of the nfl playoff picture in hand i think you know there's a couple games but we kind of know who they're going to be i think it could give this game a little bit of a chance. I do think the ratings are going to be down a little bit. I don't know about you guys. Well, and you know why that is, Bill, and I and I'm convinced of it because I I, I see online you're going to watch you're going to watch George Alabama. No way. I've seen that game too many times. SEC, I'm sick of the SEC. I think the ratings are going to be in the dumper. I don't understand it. It feels like sports fans are willing to cut off their nose to spite their face. I'll never understand it, but to each their own. I agree with you. I don't think the ratings are going to be good. Part of it, the difference between the NFL and the college football is that college football is a regional sport. So. It's a it's national, but the ties are so regional that yeah, we live in Big Ten country, and I've got a lot of friends that are like they're giving me the yawn emoji, and yeah. but you're still dealing with a game with these are the two most talented teams. So you know the NFL, the difference is we can have a wild card weekend, and there is enough variation on conference championship weekend. Yeah, the Packers make it a lot. Yeah, the Chiefs probably going to be the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl, but the entire country would be into an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl, mm. or you know what I mean. Or yeah. you could take it down to like they would still be into a Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott Super Bowl just as much. Yeah, it, it just it's a different sport. It's a different way of doing things, and ultimately, this is what we have. The semifinals, dogs. Semifinals in general have been dogs. I think there's only been three games that have been within a couple of scores. Now that's going to change ultimately. The college football playoff is going to expand. Felt like the momentum was there this summer that it was going to happen quickly. Of course, that is shut down. Where are we and where are we going to go? Are, is this something that is going to happen? Say by 2023, we are going to have a college football expanded playoff with 8, 12, 16 teams, whatever it is. Are we still in a holding pattern, Bill? Oh, I don't, I don't think we'll have an expanded playoff to like 2025, 2026 at this rate. And uh, it's because they the, the moving parts are still moving. They're still trying to figure out how to do it. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, you'll probably get a speech from Bill Hancock or whoever, you know, whoever else, Greg, thank you this weekend. That I mean, if the goal is to get the two best teams in the championship game, the 14 playoff have succeeded in that. I mean, we saw what else do we need to see other than I think the, the larger problem in college football right now is, you know, the SEC is beyond dominant right now in terms of the top. At the top, yep, yep. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm not saying like South Carolina is a dominant team, but what was that stat Ralph Dellinger put out last week? It was something like 15 of the last 16 games have had a SEC participant. I mean, that's an, I mean, you can go back and look; it's a lot in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why some folks are just just had enough. Bill, yeah. uh, you're going to be there. Um, do you have an opinion? I, I, I do. I think Georgia's going to turn the tables on Alabama. Uh, as much as I live, uh, love Will Anderson, he's a terrific player. N'Kobe Dean, uh, is, is a, uh, amazing talent as well. Uh, Alabama's right side of their offensive line is banged up. I just like Georgia, Bill. You're going to cover the game. Uh, is it, is it going to be close? 
it's going to be closer um, than 41-24 and everything that Alabama was able to do in the first meeting. Um, I got Alabama winning 27-24. I still think it's the psychological hurdle that Georgia needs to get past. Would I be surprised if the Bulldogs won? No, not especially after watching how they played against Michigan. They looked PO'd or whatever phrase you want to look to say to say they were angry. They were very mad in that game. And uh, Alabama does have some key injuries. But, you know, in the clutch, it comes down to a decision or two. I'm still sticking with Nick Saban. Harbaugh going to the NFL? I don't think so, but I could see I could see why, you know, in some reasons. I, I think everything he said and, and done, you know, he's saying this is the beginning, this is the start. If he left Michigan and went to the Raiders or somebody, I don't think Michigan fans could be mad because he got them to the yeah. playoff. He accomplished what Ohio it State. Took six years. But I think it's going to take six more years through national championship contender through recruiting after what we saw the other night. Trent said the same thing to start the show. Uh, you guys are um, in lockstep with that one. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He'll be in Indianapolis. You can follow Bill Bender on Twitter. You can read him at the Sporting News. Bill, thank you for what you do for us. We uh, hope to be able to talk with you next week. Thank you, Bill. And hey, no problem, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Switch gears entirely. Chris Level is the color analyst for men's basketball, sideline reporter for uh, the football program at Texas Tech there in Ames tonight. We'll talk to Chris Level next. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Tonight, tips at 8 o'clock, Hilton Coliseum. If you can't be in front of your TV, the game airs here down the hall on 100.3 The Bus. Our next guest is Chris Level. You're Chris on our program a couple of times a year when Iowa State and Texas Tech collide, whether it be on the gridiron or, as is the case tonight, a little basketball action for us. Chris, Trent, and Ken, Happy New Year. Thanks for doing this for us again. How are you, Chris Level? I'm doing good, thanks. Happy New Year to you guys. Happy New Year to you, sir. Football, before we get into uh, uh, the basketball tonight, just if if you would. Boy, it sure seems that uh, we thought Iowa State might be that next that team that, you know, breathes the same air as in Oklahoma or Texas when they're good. But, man, oh, man, it sure seems like Dave Aranda's got the Baylor Bears uh, at a spot now that they are going to be a major pain in the you-know-what to fans of other teams in the Big 12. Baylor's got it going on. Yeah, it, uh, it it's just been it, it, it's kind of tough to say goodbye to football season when we start we start transitioning into basketball. Man, sure football, is. football <laughs> is so so much fun, and uh, November and December and all the bowl games and the Big Twelve did so well, um, and you know especially some of these Big Twelve teams against the SEC teams, including Texas Tech yeah. and, and Baylor. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of Baylor's league right now. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean it's like with what they did. Uh, in basketball, what they're doing in basketball, and what they what, what Coach Aranda did in uh, in football this season. I mean, it's crazy that uh, you know just two wins last year, I think total, and then they they roll back and go twelve and two. I mean, just unbelievable, just absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, and you know he he was at he was at Texas Tech years ago as a as a graduate assistant, I think, under Mike Leach mm. and Mike's first year. So we've always kind of known about uh, Dave, and uh, but yeah, you're you're kind of looking from afar, going, man, is he going to take one of these other jobs? But he did not do it. He did not do it. 
Little Baptist School in Waco, Texas, doing big things. Well, Texas Tech, oh, yeah. some news tonight here, Chris, and uh, something that you mentioned to me before we came on the air, you guys felt like was going to be the case for tonight, but Terrence Shannon Jr. will not be playing in the game for the Red Raiders this evening against Iowa State. The impact for the team, and certainly a very talented player. Good news, though, from a Texas Tech perspective. Felt like the team knew about this coming into tonight. Yeah, they're going to be shorthanded tonight, uh, bottom line. I mean, you, you at least won't have uh, Terrence Shannon and uh, Malik Wilson. And that's, you know, that's two of your probably top six guys. Mm. You know, the, the concern about, and, and it's been that way for a couple of weeks now, but obviously the competition's not to stiffen up. This is not, this is not Alabama State or this isn't, <laughs> you know, the Eastern Washington, some of the schools that you were playing right around Christmas. Uh, is Big 12 play starts. But, you know, that was a concern about this basketball team, the way that Mark built the roster is that did you have enough, I don't know, guard play or slash point guard play, I guess is, is the, was the question. Because it's just the roster is loaded with 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know, positionless guys, which is how he wants to play defense. You can switch everything. Similar to what uh, Coach Otzelberger is doing uh, in in Ames right now, with with kind of the way he plays defense and with with their roster, but you know they they've got Tyrese Hunter and the Red Raiders don't, you know, mm. and, and uh, somebody that they can really like kind of you know facilitate all that stuff. And so you know TJ provided some ball handling. Malik Wilson was somebody that was as close to a pure point as you had on the roster, but uh, they both may be back by next week, uh, you know. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, it's just tough. It's tough as it is going on the road in this league, but when you're missing a few guys and with all this COVID stuff going on, uh, you know it, it's just like everybody's a bit tweaked and shorthanded and all that stuff. So it, it, it's uh, tough times right now in this league. Chris Level is the color analyst for a Texas Tech sideline reporter and football basketball color analyst. Well, the the league overall, it, it certainly seems like Baylor. We saw them firsthand at uh, Hilton on Saturday. It was a fun game. Uh, the Bears uh, beat the Clones by five. In, in a, uh, I mean, Iowa State could make a shot, and that's going to be their bugaboo all season long. But Baylor in Kansas. And then a big gap to the next team, Chris, uh, or is the gap maybe not as big as as some might think it is? And, and who's on that next tier? Texas and then maybe Red Raiders, Iowa State's off to a good start. How do you see the tiers in the Big 12? Uh, you know, I, I, would say that, uh, I would say that that next group is a lot closer to Baylor and Kansas than the other way around. Okay. I, I think that this league is just going to chew, you know, chew each other up. And, and some of this is going to come down to – the luck, the luck that you have on if you catch a team at full strength or not, kind of thing. As we go through this, you know, players, uh, you know, missing and all that stuff. But I think, I think, you know, Tech fans don't want to hear that or won't want to hear it. But uh, I think Texas will be uh, an absolute handful as they start to figure it out. Joe, I and mean, their roster, they really don't have any weakness at all. They have depth, experience, size. It's just a matter of of beard to kind of put that thing together. And I've seen him do it in Lubbock several years. Um, and, and I think I think West Virginia, when 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 healthy, is a, is a pain to deal with. I think Oklahoma State's problems are going to be the fact that they're just not playing for anything. And so I think that mm. the, the win kind of got let out of their balloon because I was expecting more out of that roster. That roster was not. I mean, you did not want to play Oklahoma State down the tail stretch uh, of last year, even minus Kate Cunningham, with likely and Avery Anderson and those guys. But yeah, I, I think I think what I was and, and so much of what we're talking about here. And that includes Iowa State and Texas Tech, but but Baylor leads the charge. It's what these teams are doing defensively. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like what we saw in football 
when this league kind of somewhat changed overnight and it's everybody's mm-hmm. playing defense, running the ball, and kind of limited possession type games in football, and now in basketball, it's all being dictated where like everybody's identity is just how hard they play and how good a defense they play. And so it's like the first team to 60 wins in some of these games. But that's going to be the reality of it. And that's going to allow these teams to hang in there because defense travels. And if you, if you have an identity and a toughness, which Coach Adams and Coach Otzelberger both, both want to hang their hat on that with their teams, you're going to win plenty of games. So uh, you look at this top to body, Metro Oklahoma State, not a whole lot to play for. Looks like K-State's going to have some struggles this year. The one other team I do wonder about, TCU. Not sure how much you've seen Jamie Dixon's squad to this point. They're off to a 10-1 start. Miles is back for his sophomore year. He's really good. But is that the seventh team? If there'd be seven teams that could get into the tournament, is that who you'd point to with the Horned Frogs? I, I, I'll just be brutally honest here. I don't trust TCU. I've seen this movie way too many times before, even with Coach Dixon there. They always seem to have a really good non-conference year, and they'll, they'll have some success early on in the conference season, and then you look up, and they're well below 500 at the end of it, and, and they're playing on that first night in Kansas City. So I, I think they've got a long way to go to kind of prove prove anybody wrong that would, that would doubt them, um, you know, and, uh, I, that, that's that's just my take. I think Oklahoma probably belongs uh, in the conversation we're talking about much more so than than what TCU uh, would. But I, I would I would say you know TCU and, and Kansas State. T- TCU's good. They're, they're going to win some games. Don't get me wrong. They're they're not going you know three for fifteen in this league. But I mean I, I would guess they're going to hover around five hundred. They're not going to be you know a, a top twenty five team or, or you know potentially even an NCAA tournament team when all is said and done. Based on what we've seen with Coach Dixon at TCU, really good coach. They just haven't been able to get over the hump uh, there in Fort Worth. Uh, Chris, last thing uh, for you, back back to football and the, the Iowa State. There's just the 62-yard field goal at the end. I mean, is, is this something that this kid was making regularly in practice? When he strolled out onto the field to try a 62-yarder, was there uh, confidence that, you know what, this game's about to end because this thing's going to split the sticks? Uh, that, that's quite a feat. You know, Jonathan Garibay, and he's still kind of on the fence on whether he's going to be back or not for next year's uh, tech team, and we're waiting on that announcement. But he's somebody that, for a kicker, he's very emotional. He's, he, he's, he gets real frustrated, and he gets real excited. Okay, and so most kickers, it's kind of even keel. You just don't see, you know, they're, they're pretty much ice water in their veins and all that stuff. But in that moment, he just walked out there and he kicked it like it was a thirty yarder. But I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, I was on the actually on the Iowa State sideline because I, I do the sideline stuff for the tech broadcast. Well, I was on the Iowa State sideline so I could go up the visitors' tunnel because that's where kind of near where I had to do the post game interview with Coach Cumby at the time, and I was trying not to get caught in a bunch of crowded mess and so I could get out of there. Well when he kicks that field goal, we just start doing all the interviews on the huh. on the field. But it was I, I couldn't believe it. I mean it was just in shock and and it was a it was one of those it was history. I mean it yep. was obviously the longest field goal in Big Twelve history and on and on it goes, but it was just it was incredible. But uh I know it it, it, it probably wasn't wasn't great for Iowa State, but uh, Texas Tech's had a lot of rough moments in the last couple of years from a football standpoint. That was certainly a feel-good. Yeah, no doubt. Cumby was a feel-good, too, when he turned that uh, team around, no doubt about it. Hey, Chris. Yeah, class act. It yeah. really was. Uh, good to see him on the field with his family at uh, uh, in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. Chris, thanks for doing this, as always. We certainly appreciate our relationship. Thank you, Chris Level. Hey, keep hope alive, guys. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Chris Level. 
Uh, color analyst for Texas Tech. Good stuff out of Chris Lebo. What's the number? Up to four. Is it? Okay. Uh, we'll be back. We're heading to Chicago next. And then we'll head to Kansas City with Mitch Holtus. But Cappy kicks off our number two. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. KXNO.